On today's episode of the podcast, Kyle and I dive into a challenge that I hosted for our team and completely failed at. Uh, we talked about what I did, how I built it, why I failed, and came up with good ideas on how to make it better the next go around. Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Success Podcast, The Whistle Way. Kyle, we talk a lot in our business about our core four strategy, our four pillars of business that every real estate agent should focus on um, to build their foundation of their business on. And it's open houses, social media, sphere of influence, and internet leads, we'll call them. What we did in our team is we said, okay, let's focus on one a month. Let's build challenges for our team so that way we can make them better each quarter at three of these things, right? And so we did a social media challenge, which went really well. We did a 30-day social media challenge. We gave them prompts. People posted and commented and engaged. We saw lots of growth. It was fantastic. We did a, we're doing right now an open house challenge where we built a four-module course where we said, this is what, how to find open houses. This is how to uh, prep for open houses. This is how to work open houses. This is how to follow up with open houses. So far, halfway through the month, we're seeing similar results to what we saw all of last month uh, in terms of leads. Really excited about that. We did a social or a sphere of influence challenge, which the goal was to grow their sphere, invite them the people to a party, um, really to get to focus on people that they already know, like, and trust, uh, and bring them into the fold. That bombed. It uh, it didn't go well. Um, there were a few people that took it seriously. They did well. For the majority, it didn't. I want to talk about on today's podcast what we did and what we should make it look like for the next iteration so it adds value to our team and adds value to the podcast. Well, first off, I give you props for being willing to share your L on camera. Thanks. Because a lot of people, if they try something that doesn't work in our industry, there are so many people that try to pretend like they only hit fucking home runs and they don't actually strike out. And sometimes you strike out. And I applaud you for being willing to share your strikeout on camera. Thank you. Uh, and on audio for <laughs> those you. that are just listening. And on my Facebook and in, in all of our groups. And uh, yeah. It's all good. But this is how <laughs> we grow. But that's that's a culture that we've created here inside a Whistle. One of our core values is grow or die. And I love that you're embracing that grow or die core value to grow from this experience. Because otherwise you have to die. And so this is a much better option. That is true. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Welcome to the Whistleway Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question or a topic you want us to cover on the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network for all the people leaving California. You can also get dialed in with our private Facebook group and email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And if you really want to level up your uh, content creation game, we offer a course in there called the Media Mayor Mastermind where we teach you everything Brian and I have learned about content creation over the last nearly nine years together, whether it be video, audio, um, everything that we have learned over the years, all available at thewhistleway.com. So Brian talked a little bit about this. I want to hit on this real quick is in this industry, one of the biggest problems we have is that we all have shiny object syndrome and we're constantly like looking for the next 
thing, right? The next new app, the new widget, the new lead source, the new AI, the the new magic button, right? That's just widget. gonna like magically make us millionaires overnight. But the reality of it is, if you talk to anybody who's been in this industry for 10 plus years and you ask them what their top three lead sources are, I guarantee you that sphere of influence and referrals from that sphere of influence are part of it, right? Those are going to be in the top three, probably number one for most people, but guaranteed in the top three for 100% of people that have been in this business over 10 years. So we uh, wanted to keep our agents focused. That's where we came out with the core four, Sphere being arguably the most important of the four. Um, also, open houses. Our team will do north of 100 deals from open houses this year. Social media, which social media to me, we like to use it more to tie into Sphere than anything else. Um, and then just working the leads that we provide to our team members. So those are our core four. And our objective with our team members is let's stay focused on those core four things and then they can add one or two additional pillars to their business. Maybe we have some agents who are um, calling, you know, Fizbos or Furbos or expireds or door knocking or they're networking masters or they're focused on working with investors. Like that's fine. Pick one or two other pillars so that you have a total of five to six, and then stay focused on that. Don't try to do a hundred of them all at one time. Just pick one or two to supplement the core four. But with the core four, sphere of influence, in my opinion, is the most important one of all of those because, like I said, that's going to be in the top three lead sources of any agent who's been in the business 10 plus years. So I let Brian run with it that he's going to do a 30-day focus on sphere of influence. I let him run with it. So I don't know what you did. So let's start by where have we been Yeah. Um, so we can figure out everything that you did over that, and then we can rebuild this thing live uh, on the podcast. Perfect. So what I did is I said, one of the things we do is we created um, for our agents that join the team, we create what we call our new agent grad party. And so as agents go through training and as they learn about our business, they also can reach out to their database, their sphere, their friends and family, and invite them out to an event. Um, this does lots of good things. It lets them know they're in real estate. It gets people in the door. It gets agents focused on calling people that they know. It gets them in good habits, right? And so I said, okay, that's great. We haven't done that. We've only done that for the last year or two. Um, actually, since we've been in La Mesa. So less than a year. Less than a year. Um, we've had a lot of agents that are on the team that either didn't take advantage, they were out of town, or just came on before this last year. And so they didn't get an opportunity to invite their friends and family to an office to say, hey, this is what we do. So I said, okay, that's going to be our end goal in mind is I want to get people to invite their friends, family, sphere, referral partners, whoever, to an event at the end of the month. Um, we broke this down into four weeks and each week it was a 60-minute phone call or a 60-minute Zoom call where the person hosting it would teach them a little bit about something and they give them homework. So the four weeks we broke it into is um, growing your sphere. Week two was transforming contacts into lifelong clients. Three was face-to-face -face success, conquer every meeting. So that way, what do you do when you get in front of people? And four was multiply your closings, harness your sphere's potential. Basically, how do you get referrals from them, right? And how do you get closings from them. And so what we started with was we started with a 
kind of what is your sphere? What does it look like? And the homework we gave them was the memory jogger. And the memory jogger is a tool we utilize that has 150 some odd different categories. And they put in the names of people that fit in that category. So who cuts your kid's hair? What's the name of your accountant? Um, what are your extended family members' names? Uh, who works on your car, right? It's got 150 categories. Um, and their homework was to fill this out and then build their sphere. The reason why I say... So, so we did that, um, and, it, and it all led to, hey, let's get them into your database so that way you can call them and connect, communicate with them to invite them to the party. Where I messed up, um, where it's very obvious to me, is one, we scheduled this the exact same month that we had our, one of our friends and family events. Bad idea, bad planning. Uh, I know why it happened. It's just, it just wasn't right. And so literally it was our friends and family event, and then 10 days later or seven days later was this event. So inviting them to two things at once is hard. I get that. Um, and so the attendance at the end of the event was low. What really bums me out about this whole thing is I was hoping to see a massive number of increase in people in their sphere as well as calling to their sphere. So we said, hey, you have weekly homework or a weekly challenge, and you have to call 10 people a week in your sphere. It doesn't have to be about real estate. You're not inviting them to a new home seminar. It's just calling them through FUB and saying, hey, how's life? How are you? I miss you. I'm thinking about you. What's up? Right? So that was the goal. Um, the reason I'm so down on it is first, our average number, what do you think an average or an agent, how many people should they have in their database with the, the stage sphere? Um, I did a course with Michael Mayer a while back, who's a, a master of this and the, the target is 150. Okay. Is the target. Okay. Um, you know, the, the challenge that I, I ask everybody, like if you're listening or watching right now, um, I don't know how to do this on an Android, but on an iPhone, just go in to your contact section and then just do a really fast scroll down to the bottom. Okay. Mm. Just scroll down to the bottom and figure out what that number is. My number is about 4,500. What's do you see your number? Then? Just keep scrolling to the very, very bottom of your 7757. Jeez, you have more contacts in your phone than me? Oh, man. How well, do you have so many contacts? But I do have phone? 37 duplicates. How do you have 7,000 contacts in your phone? I don't know. <laughs> wow, okay. Cool, know. Brian knows more people than me. Well, um, I have more phone numbers. It doesn't mean I know them. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Okay, so Brian has 7,000 plus. I have 4,000 plus. If we can't figure out how to get 150 of those into our um, CRM... Like something's wrong. Yep. But I think this is like the number one way to start this, right? Yep. Because people, well, there's actually a different way to start it, but this is one of the, the first steps I would take is when people are like, well, I don't know that many people. Pull out your phone and just do this. And when they do this and they're like, wait, you don't know enough people. Even an, an average person has over 500 in there. Like you got at least 500. You you don't think you can at least figure out the 150 that you have like a relatively decent connection to? Like you're full of shit. So if you can start them by showing them that like they actually already have it, it literally exists. It's in the palm of their hand or in their pocket or in their purse, whatever. But like it already exists. Now it's just a matter of, you know, extracting it or exporting it out of here and importing it into there. 
Like that's a, a really good place to start. But 150, I think is, I think, and that's the other thing I think that maybe wasn't clear is setting a specific goal because mm -hmm. you, you just said like, go add people, but there wasn't like a set number. If you make a set number, like, all right, the goal is 50 or hundred or 150 or 200, whatever it is, there's, there's a target. And if you don't give people a target, they don't know where to shoot. They're shooting blindfold. Uh, yeah, and I had no idea on that number. So I, I, I love that. So absolutely adding that as a target. Um, I looked at our, what we did is we had people sign up and we checked our average was about 43 people per person in the sphere, which I think is, again, with 150 as being the goal, which I think is still, I would call that minimum, um, there was that. And then where I really struggled with is when I looked at the results, eight agents added 10 or more people. Uh, 13 agents added zero people. They stayed exactly the same. Uh, seven agents had a negative sphere growth, which, okay, uh, <laughs> that's strong. Like, and I get like, hey, there's, there's a lead in here that I don't want, like, I, I want to take them out. Cool. But you should replace them with someone. And so that's where I really struggled. And the event didn't go well. But I, I would have counted this as a, a success, is if we, if we had a lot of sphere growth, if we had a lot of communication, um, and if the party didn't happen, we've talked about it all the time, the party's the excuse for the phone call. Whether they show up or not, it's the excuse. Um, and absolutely, 100%, like, I'll take 90, 95% failure rate for the party. We could have definitely done better with, with providing emails and content, 100%. Um, and the same week or same month, not great. Six days. Uh, okay. Um, but the, the fact that there was such little sphere growth okay. is thing that so really shook me. week one, just to make sure I understand, was simply, here's the memory jogger. What was the specific homework? Is to fill out the memory jogger and put them in FUB. Okay. And then that also turned into homework for week two because no one did it. Okay. That's where, so the most important thing is why should they do this? Did you give them a reason to do this? Yes. What was the reason? Um, let's see here. Ways to grow. Because the, the thing that it, they need to know why they're doing what they're doing. Not You can tell people what to do all day long, but if they don't know why they're doing it, they're typically not going to do it. Yeah. So what we did is we talked about, there's two slides that we talked about. Why focus on your sphere? Okay. And so Nick is the one that hosted this. He, he obviously added color commentary, but it should be the strongest pillar of your business, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, it's the most lucrative because of how our split structure is set. It's self-generated, which uh, is the highest split you can get on our team. Plus, it increases as you do more deal. They're the easiest to work, uh, great for closing referrals, and you don't have to pay for them. Or okay. you do have to pay for Zillow leads and Facebook leads. Even if you're paying four bucks a lead, you don't have to pay for Sphere leads. Okay. Um, and then we also talked about why adding Sphere in your FUB. Uh, we talked about avoiding referral fees to outside lead sources when we have two-way communication in there. So someone is in your Sphere, uh, then they call Zillow and Zillow connects you. You can sh prove to Zillow that we've had two-way communication within the last 30 days. We can say, Zillow, I'm already working this lead. I don't have to pay you. Um, yeah. And they're cool with that. Like yeah. that's that's not like a, a secret thing. Yeah, it's like, that's hey, a we're huge one. This. I want to, don't glaze over this, yes. but remember where you're at. 
It is so important right now to have a massive database, to have anybody and everybody that you know, that you've ever communicated with, that you've ever met in your CRM, because if you're working with Zillow or OpCity or Homelight or any of these referral companies, when they send you a referral, if you can prove to them that you have had two-way communication with that lead within a set period of time, I think Zillow is 30 days, everybody's a little bit different. I don't know if you pay attention to Zillow's flex referral fee could go up to 40% now. Um, it does go down on lower price stuff, but it went up on higher price stuff. If you Zillow sends you over this lead and you set the appointment, you do the full ALM, ready to go show, and you go to put it in the CRM and the lead is already in there, and you've talked to the lead within the last 30 days, you get to now send an email back to Zillow and be like, oh, I actually uh, talked to Brian two days ago and take a screenshot of the conversation I had with Brian, send it back to Zillow, and I owe, owe them $0. And you have an appointment set. And, and I know that their motivation was maybe Brian was in my sphere, but now he inquired on that. Now his intent just shot through the roof, and now I get to close that deal, and I don't have to pay a referral fee to any whoever the referring source was. Like, so important to do that right now. Way more important than it's ever been before because so many of these lead providers have gone to this um, system of taking referral fees. So this is a really easy way to avoid unnecessary referral fees because that sucks. Especially, like, your mom calls you and comes in from Op City and all of a sudden you owe them 38%. Like, Mom! Call me directly. What are you doing? And, and they but if mom's they not in the freaking CRM, yeah, you're asked out. Yeah, and will Zillow? And I'm sure different. Maybe ones are different. if you could prove legally it's your mom, they might let you out. Like, I don't know. But will maybe they not. will they count it if like Facebook Messenger or does it need? It doesn't need to be in your CRM. Prove two way communication yeah. within thirty days. Um, so we also talked about remarketing. Yeah, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month, uh, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a year remarketing to our database. Uh, with buyer tips, seller tips, market updates, uh, testimonials. And I tell our agents, you put people in the system, they automatically get retargeted to. You don't have to pay that fifteen, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollar bill. We do, and it and you don't have to pay us any extra. So we talk about that. We talk uh, avoiding that this is similar to uh, referral lead sources, but because we have a hundred agents on our team, we get to avoid a teammate swooping in on your sphere. So uh, someone that I went to had worked with at my last job, they're in my sphere. I invite them to all of our events we do. Then they go to an open house in Carlsbad and Twanda talks to them. It's automatically going to notify me with how the system is set up. Hey, they came to an open house. I can tell Twanda, look, I'm working this lead. It's my lead, right? Um, this is one of my favorite things about FUB that I don't think enough people talk about. Uh, they call it their company number. I call it our magic number. So all of the marketing we do, the market updates, the buyer and seller tips you do, um, the billboards, the um, our truck, all of that stuff has this company number on it. And when someone calls the company number and they are already in the system, so if, if, uh, you, if Tom calls the phone number and he's assigned to you, Kyle, if he calls that number, it's automatically going to forward to you. Um, so I'm like, utilize all of our outdoor media, our magazine ads, everything. Oops, sorry. Uh, everything. And that way you get notified when they call in. Again, take it from a sphere to much higher intent. Um, and this, we said, people, don't, don't add these people to your sphere. Uh, if your ex-wife burned down your house, maybe, maybe exclude her from sphere. Dude, I, this is a weird one. I don't know if I want to share this publicly. I don't know if, I, don't know if, if I know this story. Listen. 
They would never listen to our podcast. Uh, I had a girlfriend in high school who ended up, man, there's going to be people who know this. I can't share. Right. But bottom line, a, a weird ex-girlfriend story that ended up terribly. I still ended up selling her parents' house over a decade later because I maintained a relationship there. And I'll just leave it at so, that. So, yeah. Won't so, go too in-depth. So, but if... if if someone's stalking you on social media and you had to close your account and get a phone, new phone number, yeah. maybe don't add them to your sphere. Yeah. But, but even ex-girlfriends you can add to your sphere. Um, so we really tried to focus in on the mindset of why this is important. Okay. So there's one really important thing missing. Don't make me guess because I already built this and I obviously didn't include it. You're, so we talk about like feature advantage benefit. Damn it. You just gave me all the benefits, not the advantage. Like, what's missing here is a story to talk about. We're just going to make up some names. Sally and John, who I went to Sally, you know, I'll actually, this Jason and Jessica is actually a really good one. Um, went to school with Jason and Jessica. And at one point, Jason sees a listing of mine on the MLS and it's like, oh, I went to high school with Kyle, calls me, like, because he just remembers, even though we didn't have a great relationship then, we're actually good friends now, but sees that, calls me, ends up buying that condo with me. Um, so I get to double in that listing, that's cool, right? So that that's part one. Um, then we do a great job with that. Jason's referred me multiple clients over the years, multiple clients over the years, um, pop in 10, 20, $30,000 commissions left and right from all of the referrals. Um, and he's still far more connected to a lot of high school friends than I am. So now I'm getting to rekindle all of those relationships at the parties and everything. So I go to the party and I see all my old friends from high school that he stayed in contact with much more than I did. So now I'm, I'm back in a relationship with all of these. So, right. And I don't owe him anything, right. I'm just now reconnecting these relationships that already have some strands hanging. They're just reconnecting them now. I'm not starting from scratch. Um, so I start rebuilding, do some deals with those people. Um, then they decide they want to sell their condo. Um, and then, oh, by the way, they had a second condo they needed to sell. So they sell two condos, and then they upgrade to a much bigger house. So they had bought one condo, Is this sold the one that Gardens? condo. No. So they bought that condo, sold that condo, sold his old condo from before they were together, then bought a bigger house. So just their transactions alone is four plus all the referrals that they've provided to me, which if we added that up, plus the relationships that I got reconnected to, and now we've actually become really good friends with each other. Like if you add up all of that, it's easily 10 transactions from one single relationship. And so I think if you can build more stories like that and talk about, right, who are the top agents in the team, reach out to Adrian, reach out to Carly, reach out to Jeremy, to Mike, like, Tell me your story. Like, what's your best past client story? And get their stories and tell those stories. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants the Jason, Jessica, or, or whoever that might be. That's how you could get them a lot more excited because you're attaching it to, like, actual things that have occurred. And then you can start attaching dollars to each of those and figure out, like, the LTV, the lifetime value of a client, like, can be literally well over six figures, even though it started with, like, one little condo with those guys, with Jason and Jessica, but it's it's multiplied out into substantially more than that over the years. If you could tell them more stories about actual results that people on the team have had, because you're just getting into 
Oh, you're, you're more feature dumping. Um, I would say I wasn't. Yeah, you're, you're more feature dumping than anything. Yeah. You're not getting into like the advantages, benefits, and, and telling stories about other people's successes. I think if you could get them a lot more motivated and it becomes a lot more real to them, if you could talk about very specific situations or shoot, we had a, an agent on our team. She had the best clients ever. They literally couldn't make up their damn mind where they wanted to live. They sold one house and they were like, oh, we don't like this neighborhood. There's too much action here. Let's go out in the middle of nowhere. And then they moved out. And these were not, these are all million plus dollar homes. Sell the house in like the tract home community because there was too much drama. Move out to the middle of nowhere. And then they decide, oh, we hate being out in the middle of nowhere. Let's move back to the tract home, uh, uh, tract home community. We need some action. And then like, I mean, they must have sold three or four properties in like five or six years. Like, and they were interior that, designers and yeah. all of the homes were beautiful, were beautiful. and shoot. It was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> like if you can tell the stories about like how those relationships and what can come out of those relationships, man, it's powerful. So I think that's a, a big thing that is lacking there okay. is getting them really excited by telling them specifics of like, oh, Kyle had this client and, and this is what happened. And Adrian had this client and Carly had that client, right? And Jen had this client, like and tell all those stories or even have the agents telling it themselves, like now I get excited. Mm. But when you're just like, yeah, I'm going to retarget them. I'm going to email. Like that's not exciting. But hearing that you made like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars from one relationship, that's fucking exciting. So I think that your buy-in day one would be substantially higher if you could tell them stories as opposed to just going into these features of what you're going to do. Cool. And then one of the ideas that we had, instead of throwing a new party, is to focus well, on... Well, yeah, the, the biggest mistake of this whole thing was our our um, friends and family event or client event, whatever you want to call it, we do four a year. We already had one planned to try to add another event that was literally six days after the event we already had planned. Like that, that was a, a huge misstep. And the re can I tell you the reason why? Because it was, what I was doing is I wanted to do social media. And you said, as I said, I'm going to build this challenge this quarter. And you said, that's not enough. Build three challenges this quarter. I'm like, oh, okay. So I built social media. I had a very clear vision about what I wanted to do for open houses, which was going to take a lot more work. And so I knew this month was going to be social media. The third month was going to be open houses because I needed to do more work. And so it landed in here. And then that, that's where the, the chips fell. But... Yeah. yeah, it was. So I was on a panel last week and Gabe Mendez talked about this and we all know this for already, but sometimes you just need to hear it and have like a visual It's like the sun is this big, powerful thing, but the sun doesn't really other than getting like a little sunburn doesn't do a lot of harm. But if you can take the energy of the sun and just literally hold a magnifying glass out and focus the heat and the energy of the sun through a magnifying glass and put the focus on like one specific thing, you can actually start a fire by using a magnifying glass and the magnifying glass focuses on one specific thing for a period of time, you can have a massive result. The sun's not lighting anything on fire on its own, but if you focus the energy of the sun on one thing for a sustained period of time, you can create a fire. And that I think was a huge misstep is that you didn't have focus. You were trying to spread them like, hey, I know we have this really big event that is like where all the focus is already at, but like we're gonna also do this second event. like. You, you confused people massively by yep. having it like, oh, we're going to do this. Other, oh, and by the way, it's like less than a week later. Um, it, that was a, a huge misstep. So I think if you did it in a month where there wasn't already a massive event, I think you could have had, if you would have literally just flipped your open house month to the one where you already had a client event and then the following month done your thing, I think you would have had a lot better result. Yeah, and I think 
now that we've done the open house one, I think I want to kind of build this similar to that where we do it in modules where people can go at their own pace. We can do homework. I, I think I want to rebuild it that way. Um, do you think it should be now, now your thought on this? And this is kind of the last thing until we go into our widget. Do you no, think there's we more? Should, Cause I, we can go a little bit over. I, we typically try to keep these at 30 minutes, but we got to go a little longer today. So should we go into our, um, should we utilize it for our client event? Knowing that the goal is to grow your sphere or do we do it another month? So we, we have our four client events and then do four or three of these events as well. Yeah, I think you tie it into the exist, the client event that's already planned. Okay. Because again, there's no need to create another event. We, we do so many damn events. We already have events. So keep it, the attention focused on that one event. Because otherwise, they're like, well, we, I know we have this big, huge quarterly event happening, but then we're going to have another event next month. So I'll, I'll just do next month. Like, you don't want to give them a, oh, I'll just... Do it later. Like you don't want to give them that option. Keep them focused on the four big client events that we do, and I think you'd have a lot better success. Okay. Here's here's a question I have for you: the social media challenge. How frequently were you communicating with them, and did they have specific tasks they needed to complete? Yes, they had daily prompts. Daily. Okay. How often did they have prompts and specific challenges with the social or with the uh, sphere of influence? Uh, twice a week. Okay. So I think that is another part of it is you had really good results with the social media challenge because it was every day, here's what to do. You gave them very clear instructions. I'm assuming five, or was it seven days a week? Mm-hmm. Seven days a week. Here's exactly what you do. Where the other one, it was like every three or four days, it was like, here's a little something to do. I think that the more direction you can give, the better. Just think about like, Ikea furniture, right? Like first thing you think of when it comes to putting Ikea furniture together is like, fuck those directions, right? There's not one person who has a positive association with putting Ikea furniture together because the directions are trash, right? Like, let's be honest. There's every single person on earth, you think Ikea furniture, shitty directions of how to put it together. Like that's your instant association. But then you have these other ones where like there's such clear instructions step by step with pictures, with words, like, and it's so clear. It's such an enjoyable experience. You don't, you don't actually like hate it, but you fucking, everybody has a, <laughs> just a visceral reaction when it comes to Ikea furniture. I build three desks every time I build a desk. <laughs> yeah. And you put it together and like, why do I have 16 extra pieces? You're like, damn it. Like, this, or the drawers upside all down. the time with Ikea. Um, because, and I think this is like that, right? You gave them like loose directions of yeah. what to do. Good point. But if you could give them more specific, like the the less direction you give them, the more free space, the more they, they wander. Like you mm. could keep them on track, keep them on course. And if you could give them daily, like here's what to do. To, even if it's the same thing as yesterday, they still need, all right, hey guys, here's what the focus is today. It could be the same thing that the focus was yesterday, but we need to get 10 more today. We need to get 10 more tomorrow, 10 more the next day. Like, that's fine, but I think that's a big difference with your social challenge versus your sphere challenge is you were telling them every single day, here's what you need to do, where the other one was like every few days, you Ikea'd them. You Ikea'd them. I made it a verb. Um, I love that, and I love taking it into bite-sized pieces rather than saying, here's the memory jogger, 150 things, go. Because that's overwhelming. It but is. if you could break it, it down, just like you eat an elephant one bite at a time, like if you could break it down and make it more manageable where it's maybe you're, you're adding 10 per day for 15 days, like that's more manageable than, Hey, here's a memory jogger. Go add 150. That's a, that's a daunting task. Ooh. Okay. I, 
thing, that, that 10 per day for 15 days, that, that clicked. Now yeah. I know how to do the daily prompts and say, mm, or every other day. I like that. Cool. All right. Well, I know we didn't even go through the whole four weeks, but hopefully we gave you a good I mean, start. The, the four weeks was just, it was just expanding on, because the idea is, and maybe the, the four weeks should actually be four different challenges, where one is one whole monthly challenge is, let's build your sphere. One whole challenge is, let's um, grow, like, let, or let's, let's input your sphere. Two is, let's grow your, like we can grow with it. Yeah, we'll work on it a little more, but I yeah. think we, we got some good stuff in there of just how to build these things a little better and more effectively. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. Um, we are going to jump into our widget of the week here in a minute, but before we do, if you are listening on a podcast platform, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, throw a review on there for us. Those reviews go a really long way in the podcast world, so they're greatly appreciated. And if you're uh, watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. If you have a question, throw it in the comment section. And uh, Brian and I personally respond to all of those. And if you want more of our content on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. YouTube will do the rest. Also, if you want that memory jogger that Brian talked about, um, shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Kyle Whistle, and I will send that memory jogger over. It's really good to help you just get started with uh, who should be in your sphere. So just shoot me a DM, at Kyle Whistle, on Instagram, and I'll make that happen. Before we wrap up the show today, one of the things we like to do is talk about what we refer to as the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have a little bit more fun. What do you got, Brian? My widget, I think my widgets from here on out are all going to be AI-based. I'm really diving deep right now. Um, Chat GPT is nothing new. It's the thing that really opened most people's eyes to AI. Um, but they have a tool now where you can actually, and I think this might be only in the paid plan, but where you can upload an image and have ChatGPT analyze it. So silly things are, you know, take a picture of a, a plant and say, what plant is this? I'm sure they can do that pretty well. I tried out some, just some stupid stuff. I uploaded the front a photo of the front of a house and say, this is a three bedroom, two bath house in Santee. Write me a listing description. From one photo. And it did a good job. They talked about the big front yard where you can entertain and have barbecues, the lush landscaping, which provides plenty of shade in the hot summers. I was like, this is, you know, the big windows. I was like, this is from one photo really quick. Um, you can send it things like charts and graphs and say, hey, break this down for me, explain it to me. Um, and then even things like, uh, I haven't messed around with this too much, but if you want to upload a photo and you're like, struggling with or if you want to utilize something for social media and you're struggling with captions you can say hey this is a photo i'm posting on social media there's a little bit about it make me a caption and it can do that so uh the chat gpt when you go in on your computer instead of pressing the send button on the far right of the chat bubble you just click the photo icon on the far left and you can upload a photo beautiful yeah i like it cool the one i got for you this is one that we all know exists that we probably just don't use frequently enough but the thing that I found that really hits, we're talking about sphere of influence, the thing that really hits is when you can give somebody a gift that's extremely thoughtful, and one of the best ways to do that is to make it personalized. And there's one place I go every time, anytime something happens, um, uh, an agent in our office had a baby recently, um, got him like a really cute little baby set that had the baby's name embroidered on everything, and it was like, um, a diaper bag and a blankie and, and all these things, right? But like when you give them something that's personalized with their baby's name, like that hits really well. Another agent on our team uh, recently posted that their dog passed away. So we got like a custom stone 
um, to memorialize their dog that passed away. Like when you do these little custom gifts, they hit different. Like obviously we have gifting services we like for the recurring stuff, but these personalized custom gifts, like they hit so strong. Um, and so the website for that is Etsy. Like I think that we don't use Etsy enough. Like I was, there's I was literally waiting for something really like no, what is it? nothing. Oh, it's, Etsy, we I all know it. it's there, right? I just don't think we use it enough. But the great thing is there's such brilliant creative people in this planet, and a lot of them are on Etsy and making really cool stuff that is super unique. We have some somebody gave us something when we got married that we still have up in our house. It has like our name established 2012, like when we got married. Like I still have that up in my house. I think you guys gave us a little. Uh, it was like a pillow that it's not called embroidery, but it's like stitched into yeah. a pillow. There's a, probably a name for that that I don't know. Um, but it's like had our daughter's name stitched in with her date of birth and her weight. Like we still have that. So those like personal things, those last for a really long time and, and make a significant impact above and beyond just the generic stuff. So think about like you you close a deal with your client. Like if your closing gift to your client is like a fucking Home Depot gift card and like a basket of bullshit like that's worthless like don't even waste your time with that get them something personalized made and like they just bought a house like how about the whistle residence established 2023 like they're gonna keep that for mm-hmm. a long time you don't need to put your name on it by the way like don't do that shit it's tacky yeah um yeah if your logo is on you, it it's not a gift it's, yeah it's tacky uh maybe you could put something on the back like from kyle was whatever if you really need to but like don't put your fucking logo on the front of these signs it's really tacky but that is going to go up in their house and it's going to stay there for a long time and they're going to associate that with you. Your gift does not have to be about you. It's about them. And Etsy is the ultimate place for that. So I hope you guys will. Love it. Next time you're like, man, what do I do in a moment like this? My you know, dog passed away. I told my assistant, like, find something cool. And boom, like, I'm going to get him this. Thank you. Like, you don't have to think Etsy will do some of that thinking for you so that you can get really thoughtful gifts that make a big impact. I love that. Awesome, guys. Well, hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.